and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper, and uh, with me is my co-host, just coming from singing back up with, uh, you know, every major <laughs> singer-songwriter in town. It's Claire Williams. Hello. Hello. Well, that actually goes great, uh, great transition to my question, my prompt, if you will. Uh, if you were this incredible background, you know, background singer, who would you sing for? Who would be the? Act? I've noticed that you've done a lot of prompts recently. It's not. I, it's I not do, as I, many zingers. I do bits. I do prompts. See, the last <sighs> time I did a, our last time, like yet last time was a kind of a bit slash prompt, and the bit really fell flat. So that's true. I'm gonna do. The, it didn't fall that. It didn't. It Don't was pretty. It was a hard flop. time. I, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I, I take swings, baby. I swing and I miss. Can we? But, you know. Is it someone that's living or dead? That let's that see, living shall... or dead. I think is fair. Let's do that. Hmm. I have one. Well, that. Okay. Yeah, you go first then. Um, I thought of it the moment that the documentary started, actually, because in the very beginning they show clips of a certain concert documentary that I is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, stop making sense. I would be a backup singer for the Talking Heads for sure. Of course, David Byrne. Yes, perfect. That's a great answer. Um, I will go with someone that is ex- kind of like, dare I say, underrated in Michael Kiwanaka. Um, an incredible soul singer. Uh, Valerie, well, who would good. you be the background yeah. singer of? <laughs> Would you like to? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Oh, your face here, by the way. Hello, how are you? Hello. Let's get out of the way. Oh, I'm good. Yes. Uh, <laughs> welcome, I, welcome. As soon as you said that prompt, Clay, I, I was like, I was puttering around on my phone looking at at people on Spotify, being like, oh, who, who, yeah. Should, who, who would I, who, yeah. And, um, hmm, um, maybe, maybe a background scene. Well, I'm not sure. Uh, she has background singers, but if Liz Fair had background singers, I want to be her background hey. singer. Yeah, I mean, I, I think anyone can use a background singer. I think it's that's true. I think anyone can use one. My original pick was gonna be Otis Redding, because like Otis Redding oh. has like such such an incredible voice, and he was someone that I was like, does Otis Redding have background singers? Um, but then I realized like I've noticed background singers in Michael Kiwanaka, so it's like. I, I was like I was thinking of like who even if you know to- the Talking Heads was just so obvious because it's sh- just like you know it showed up in front of the like in the beginning of the documentary but like mm-hmm. I had to think okay who's gonna have the most fun because I don't want to be a background singer for one someone who's a total prick and two <laughs> someone who's like like very like low energy like if I'm gonna be yeah. a background singer I want to have some fun like a party and yeah I and like that stopped making you don't want to sing background about. for Bob Dylan or something yeah exactly yeah no no thank you yeah someone that has a little spunk like you know like Dua Lipa would be a fun background singer for oh like yeah. then, especially this new album like are you levitating a lot yeah yeah whatever it doesn't like yeah. fucking don't stop like all of her all of its bangers and it's all all really fun so now would you sing background for Rodriguez it's not oh no, hey bringing, no, it, bringing it back to yeah. <laughs> no I do not want to sing Sugar Man. for Rodriguez yeah. I just thought another one. This is another like the Talking Heads, another new wave like group. Uh, uh, Blondie. 
Are you familiar with Blondie? Blondie. Oh, Blondie. Um, I'm actually horrible with music. I have to actually. That's a good point. I need to say this off the top of my head. I know nothing about music. So as we ret- as we record this podcast, I know <laughs> yes, nothing about of any of the past famous musicians. I know nothing. <laughs> I listen to like five people, and I listen to them exclusively. That's welcome to Twenty Feet from Stardom. <laughs> yes, I think that's a good place to yeah. a disclaimer for me. I can't speak for anyone else, but for yeah. me, I know shit. All if this about music. if this was a visual medium, we'd put like a poster with like your face on it and it's like no shit about you know yeah yeah Yeah. but blondie i know i know blondie's like i can picture the album covers but i don't i don't think i've listened what kind of genre Uh, they're most uh they're new wave like 80s new wave mostly and um their two most famous songs is uh uh call me it's like a call me yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. one. And Heart of Glass is the ever big one. There's lots of good ones, but those are the. Oh, yes, I, I believe that's that. the song Miley Cyrus covered. Yeah, she would be also fun. Miley Cyrus, would, yeah. like oh, yeah. new, uh, you know, current Miley, that would be fun. So to be a background singer for. Mm-hmm. She seems for sure. very compassionate, like energetic, and yeah, yeah, because like yeah, you want something thing... infectious. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. the thing that you hear talked about with the collaborators like Bowie and Mick Jagger, um, they're so warm and welcoming and friendly. So it's, you totally want that experience for sure. Yeah. Um, but before we get into 20 feet from stardom, which is a, too much feet, we can all <laughs> agree so many on this. Feet. We're unanimous. I mean, Lots like of feet. one, two, yeah. three, 20 <laughs> No, thank you. No, 20. thank you. That's just too many that's, feet. That's almost seven yards. It's, that's that's one, I can't see. Short, that also, see, now seven. you have to include math into it, and that's even a bigger yes. no-no. That's the like longest conversion yard. Conversion rates. I can't. No. Mm-hmm. I'm 20 feet too long. You do a foot, or maybe two. <laughs> Val, we'd love to know where your love of film began, first of all. Your love of film? Yes. All right. If there's a movie um, you can point so... to, that sort of... The catalyst? Yeah, the cat, yeah. The conception. Oh, the <laughs> Let me look. So I had like, I'd say probably when I was like, like eight or nine, it was probably the Blues Brothers. And it was, um, I remember I just saw the, the Drake and Josh episode <laughs> where they sang. Oh, that's Soul right. Yes. And, then, yes. and then my dad was like. You know, you should you should watch the movie that this is like based on, and he showed it to me, and I was just like, "Wow, that that that's that's cool as fuck." And like <laughs> that kind of really started. I didn't say that at the time. I was a very quiet, quiet, not swearing kid. I was a I was a, I was a good boy then, <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, um, uh, the Blues Brothers probably I'd say, nice. and like Ed Wood and stuff like that. As I got older, but yeah, Blues Brothers. How'd you get into Ed Wood? Was it just a Burton? And you're like, I Ed, like Burton. Yeah, was it, were you a Burton? Burton boy? Um, no, it was more like um, just... Uh, how did I get into it? I got into it because I was very into stand-up at, at the time. That was like my big thing before movies. I was really into stand-up comedians. And my favorite comedian still is my favorite comedian, Dana Gould, who, like, wrote The Simpsons. He was in a Seinfeld episode once. Um, he uh, 
his two favorite movies of all time are Planet of the, the original Planet of the Apes and Ed Wood. Oh. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I should check out these movies because he likes them. And I liked it as well. Yeah. Oh. That's very cool. I would love a curated yeah. playlist by certain stand-ups. That would be interesting. Like a oh, current curated yeah. playlist of movies. Like these are the 10 movies that define me as a stand-up comedian. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It is like, um, he was sort of like the beginning of that like alt comedy like thing in the 90s with like Patton Oswalt and people like that who mm-hmm. I also think of as like big like movie head guys. Yeah. And so, like, but but yeah, it's always it, it is always interesting to hear like standups like give their favorite movies because they're just like because they obviously do something so different from movies by just doing art as themselves as like a solo artist, sort of like the movie we're talking about, and then like see what art like inspires them and whatnot. And it's always surprising because yeah, sometimes it'll be just something crazy like Zodiac, and it's just like, okay, mm-hmm. all right, Fate, like someone who <laughs> sure. does like yeah. shtick comedy is like Zodiac. And I mean, like, movie. I hate to bring up the name, but Louis was a, an enormous cinephile and mm-hmm. you know, would talk um, at length of uh, like film influences that he always tried to carry over in, into into Louis and. Uh, I mean, Marin yeah. has talked about like he's yeah, a Mar- huge yeah. film. Marin went I mean, to we, he studied mm-hmm. film. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, um, he, he we yeah. talked about I think we talked about Hater last week too. He we comes did, up yeah. a lot. Uh, mm. Like you know, he obviously is a just a fucking nerd, like a huge yeah. one, just a big mm-hmm. old nerd. Uh, in the we can get him on the pod, right? Like I yeah, would. I oh can. my god, him on the in the Criterion closet. He's like That'll having an hard. aneurysm. As he's doing yes. it, just like mm-hmm. barely holding. There's it that together. famous pic of him holding up Salo, going like "Great Date" movie. It's like that, like he's, yes. he's great. Um, but yeah, no, like comedians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of but a lot of the time, which makes sense. Like you know, it, it, even mm-hmm. though like on paper it might be a little weird, but it makes sense for the more you think about it. A lot of comedians just love really dark ass dark ass movies, like just like some real mm-hmm. sadistic shit. Just because, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, it, then you think about it, like, oh, yeah, that's right, comedians are, like, horribly depressed people, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, I remember in the Gilbert Godfrey documentary, which actually is one of my favorite movies of the 2010s, uh, <laughs> he, has a, he has a Frankenstein statue in his, in his apartment. That's so funny. Like, he's super into monsters. It's just like a carving of Boris Karloff, like, when you walk into it. Basically, yeah. yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, that's that's sort of where I came from movie-wise. Also, a real big one later on for me was American Graffiti, I'd say. That was really big for me. Mm. And, oh, cool. Uh, I have the posters back here, but also a recent favorite of mine is I Want to Hold Your Hand, the Robert Zemeckis movie. Okay. Okay, so you got it. So yeah. you got you went from Blues Brothers to Ed Wood to American Graffiti to a Robert Zemeckis movie. So you you know you've been around the block. Yes, yes, yes covered I've, all the decades. And, yeah, it's fun. I've been to many blocks. Yes, <laughs> American wow. Graffiti is, is very good. That's I, I caught up with that recently. Yeah. Um, it's it's just filled with so much life and like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a vibrance to it, but also just like, also just like the streak of melodrama. Oh, I was just gonna like, say, like, like kind of melancholic. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, especially like, I really think that the John Milner stuff, especially in American Graffiti, is like beautiful because it's just like that's like, because uh, fun fact for uh, the audience at home, and I'm not sure if you guys know this, but um, George Lucas almost died when he was like 20 in a car accident because he was a professional racer at the time. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Totally forgot about mm-hmm. that. Holy shit. Yeah. And imagine the alternate reality it, if he does. Like, jeez. Yeah. And that's kind of what the Milner character is. Is just like, look at this guy who just had so much potential ahead of him, and look what happened. It's just like the sadness of life. Yeah. Just the one character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's it, and like everything is so, um, so like popping with yeah, like with life and. Vi- like we're mm-hmm. yeah like we're saying like vibrancy but then you get to that end credit and it's just the horrible <laughs> paths yes. after the movie and it's just just this realization um even with dreyfus like he, he seems to be doing all right but then mm-hmm. now i can't stop but thinking about I... how the pod race against phantom menace is a parable to <laughs> fucking lucas almost dying as a racer and I'm now mm, thinking, does he yeah. envision himself as Anakin? And so him being surviving actually is the detriment to the existence of the world. Just <laughs> thoughts I have. Yeah. You, you know, Lucas, he's just, he's just like any of our artists. He sees himself as the as the great, but he also sees himself as the darkness. It's 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 in every artist. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. He's he's a he's a yeah. weird one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love for love to make him. I would love to see George Lucas make another movie. Yeah. I think he has no interest in it. I think he's. I think he's sitting back, you know, basking in his. God, I don't even know how much money he has, but like a lot. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what's our familiarity with Twenty Feet from Stardom? If, we, if Val, would you like to go first? Um. Yeah. Sure. Um. Basically, what I what i knew from it was like uh just sort of like i was interested from like a perspective of like i like music documentaries i like looking at like the process of it i like looking at like all the moving parts for things like there's another documentary sort on the same subject called the wrecking crew that i really like uh that's about the session musicians in the 60s like almost at the same time as this who were like doing like who basically were like doing the music for like the doors and the birds and all the bands like that because like basically phil Spector was like well we're, we can't like i'm not sure if you can hear the motorcycles outside but there are motorcycles outside sorry yeah. about that um it was a good distance uh yeah yeah thankfully there is um but um um sorry i lost my train but yeah wrecking crew is like just a very interesting doc about like basically the same thing as this of like just like uncredited musicians who like worked on music and i felt like so yeah i I was interested in checking out from from that basically how about you jack yeah i always knew about the movie because like so many movies i had always known about the poster kind of stays with me because i kind of just catch things visually sometimes Mm -hmm. um 
like I mentioned in our last episode, Searching for Sugar Man, I had a music professor senior year of high school that I took in a class, and he had a few posters up for musicians, but also a few movies that I'd never heard of at the time. And Searching for Sugar Man and 20 Feet from Stardom were right next to each other. So it's like, oh, so you're into music documentaries, but not only that, but docs about music that are very well received. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like that constant reminder of like, oh, well, this has a certain amount of importance, not just because it's won the the Oscar, but because um, Mr. Kennedy had it up in his classroom. <laughs> um, nice. But what? Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, what musicians out of curiosity were did he hang up on on the walls along with those posters? There was, if you can remember, I think it was James Brown up there. Um, I think it was Kurt Cobain. Um, but yeah, uh, um, it'd be crazy. I, I think I forget. I think there was a few more, but it'd be kind of crazy if uh, Amy Amy Winehouse was up there because that's another. <laughs> documentary that we're going to be covering in the series Mm -hmm. (laughs) what year but yeah with your uh teacher this was 2018 okay so this is quite a while after those docs yeah i mean not yeah quite a while in relation to sure sure school Mm -hmm. um but yeah i've always known about this and furthermore that um same year there was a documentary came out called won't you be my neighbor and I had heard of, I had heard of that documentary because it's it's Morgan Evil, and the, Morgan Evil, of course, is the filmmaker behind Twenty Feet from Stardom. So it's like, okay, like I, I then connected that name with like I really enjoyed Won't Be Won't You Be My Neighbor at that time, and um, just oh, he made that uh, he made that movie that Mr. Kennedy always had in his classroom. So it's like, yeah. Um, I'd always I'd always known about this one. I'd, I I think I had been told what it was about at some point, but I think I was then reminded when I started uh, viewing this. But it's um, I, and I really really liked uh, Neville's approach to it. So same, yeah, yeah. I I have had no familiarity with this doc. Not like just the poster, the title, something about music. That's it. Not not the, not the background singer angle. I only learned, just learned it's the director of Won't You Be My Neighbor, like, God, when did I learn about that? I don't know, like, very recently, like a week ago, maybe, I learned that it's the same guy. Um, yeah, yeah I, I learned about that about 30 seconds ago when Jack said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's, um, because it, I mean, it is like as you think about it, they are they have definitely two very similar styles of document, uh, documentary filmmaking, but are just like very two different subjects that you just you don't automatically connect it. Um, mm-hmm. It's also the most bland name I've ever heard, Morgan Neville. I mean, no offense, Morgan, you're probably a great guy. <laughs> I like your movies, but your name is bland as fuck, Morgan. Well, Neville. I I would also like to add that there's plenty of bland named filmmakers out there so it's not like we should be i don't know it's true i'm just saying there's like a a, a, there's a smorgasbord of names that have have like anonymous you know um, 
Tate Taylor. Okay, well that can be. Well, yeah, just but no one anybody. remembers Tate Taylor. No mm. one tries to remember Tate Taylor, anyways. It's never an effort on anyone's part. You should try to remember Morgan Neville's name because he's a good director, but it's not, but like Tate Taylor, I don't know. You can forget his name. That's fine. That's true. This is, this is true. But, and also that he has a movie coming out this year. So it's like, we should also try to remember his name further. He's yeah. He's directing the Bourdain doc. Tony Bourdain. Oh shit. Interesting. Yeah. He's going for, he's going Mm -hmm. for like two for two on the make you cry scale. That's what he's doing. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, first he batting does Mr. Rogers. Now he will do Bort. He's going to do Knock Bourdain. It out of the park. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> oh, God, that's going to. It was funny. I mean, we'll talk. I I guarantee you someone will pick Won't You Be My Neighbor at some point. But, like, it was one of those movies where everyone just knew to bring a box of tissues to go see in theaters. Yeah, or there was yeah, tissues yeah. by the. Like, some theater uh, employees would put tissues, like, at the door or whatever. This was before COVID, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just, it's, that's a fun thing when we all can just like, like all like agree that like, we're going to cry here. Like everyone going into the theater. When the 2019, I mean, maybe when we even do free solo, we'll get into this, but like when the 2019 Oscar nominations came out and it missed the nominations like that was pretty big on twitter i remember that was pretty crazy because it was also yeah. like a huge box office success which is usually like yeah. enough for the oscars to be like yeah here's a nom there and i guess go. we're getting yeah. we're getting into Neville's talk right now but i, I suppose mm-hmm. the connection you can talk about with the filmmaking which is like pretty by the numbers right he's originally a journalist and a kind of and it kind of comes out um that way where it's where it's sort of like the mind of like a magazine editor for example like you're crafting a narrative through timelined events that mm-hmm. can be then comprehensible to an audience similar to like a piece of literature but i yeah, i think definitely. you we can draw from and i really want to see that keith richards doc i, I hear that's really good but from 20 feet from stardom and want you by being my neighbor it's sort of like okay you know these people or you've seen them in the public but here's what they're really like. And it's like sort of another side of famous um, television personalities. Now, of course, that's a little different with uh, Darlene Love, Lisa Fitcher, and uh, Mary Clayton. But it's, you've seen them, but you just don't know them, right? So, yeah. A little different from Mr. Yeah. Rogers, I guess. Yeah. I just saw he also did the, uh, the, the like, basically bonus feature basically to uh, the what, what's the name of the orson welles movie that got released like two years ago three years ago uh, the other yeah. side of the wind thank you other side of the wind he, he did they'll love me when i dead when i'm dead oh the, that's right uh, orson welles thing oh i haven't seen that i've heard that's good it, it's pretty good it's like it yeah it's like this very like very again very sad like mm-hmm. portrait of yeah. orson in the later years and his like very unhealthy like yeah relationship with gary graver and how he wasn't like paying him at all and they were just working on this movie together and stuff and uh it's, it's a very interesting doc i had recommend that as well it would be like um, if he's doing well like i mean there's different like you know bourdain didn't it was you know it was kind of like a self-destruction like you know wells was somewhat also like a self-destruction but also in you know the industry 
like hanging over him um rogers is kind of the opposite but also has like there's not a tragedy to it but there's this like in in you know essentially like um what's the word i'm looking for there's just like emotion to it that makes you go through the emotional swings of that movie make you feel like you've been through a tragedy yes. and come back from the yeah. other side which I think yeah. that Mary Heller's movie, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, does a little better than The Doc, in my eyes. Uh, yeah, that's um, fair. I mean, it's just, it's hard to compare, because those two, those two movies have very different goals in the sense of what they're trying to do, because, like, their their point yeah. of view is so different. Um, but, like, you know, the the as in like the perspective they're taking, you know, and that one's the jaded, and the one you be my name, or, um, uh, what's the fucking uh, so wait what's the Maria um, Marie Heller movie called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood okay Some, I just I always want to make sure I'm like which one I am understand. I talking yeah. about um, mm-hmm. but like yeah I mean we'll, we, we'll actually talk you know I'm going to move on because we're definitely going to cover both of those movies at some point so it doesn't <laughs> let's save um, the takes put them in a folder you know yeah, like. yeah. Uh, but I do think that maybe we should do we should maybe do a double feature of those and like Ooh, just since they're so close together. Yeah, yeah, they're only a year apart. Yeah, yeah and that they no, that we should do that. Um, but like, I'm yeah. Sure. So it's interesting to see Neville now. Should like, we do very much... Should we do Snowden with uh, Citizen Four <laughs> coming up? Christ. God, no! I'm not doing that to <laughs> Bilga. I ain't doing that to him. Um, but like. It is interesting to see Neville now very much interested in the individual, while this doc is super, is just, it is very much like, yes, it's about individuals, but it's more about an industry than, like, a specific person, which is, like, like, yeah, like, so, like, fucking, um, the board, maybe the Bourdain doc will also have that kind of wide scope, but it is very, I'm guessing it's very much about Bourdain. And yeah. the, won't you yeah, be yeah. my won't you be my neighbor is very much about Mr. Rogers, but also like the nation's reaction to him. But it's very like focused looks on in like you know focused uh, perspectives and focused subjects. Like you know it is a person. Well, this yeah. is like it's just mm-hmm. a lot he's doing because he's covering a totally mm-hmm. different. He's covering several career arcs, several lives, several kind like several industry eras. Like you know it's several it's eras also several eras. Yeah, and and I do I do love that that Neville took love fisher and clayton and it's like they're from separate generations but it's making up a complete arc of the role mm. of the backup singer because that's such a vague yeah. uh tool in the mm. the performer's arsenal and it's like what is that what does they even do like it's it really is like the invisible uh secret weapon that that the yeah. doc exposes mm-hmm. and it's like the thing I always think of with, like, music executives before anything else is, good God, they must have gotten so much funding to be able to use all of these songs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially in, like, yeah, it's like, that's what I was thinking, too, is, like, docu- like how much is a documentary? It's not, like, there's not an, ins- like, that's where mm-hmm. all of the budget must have went to was the songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, Definitely. like, it, it's, a, it's just a crazy amount of things they need to... Um, I, I think it's like it makes more sense when it's like one person like it's a documentary on the mm-hmm. Beatles of course the Beatles are going to sign off and you don't need to necessarily I, I, I don't I don't think you need to like if you're doing a sanctioned documentary for like 
about the Beatles, they'll probably it probably won't be too crazy to get the rights to their music. But like, mm-hmm. if you're doing a doc about multiple different artists, and especially multiple different like A, you know, A plus like superstars, like you know Stevie Wonder, Ray uh, Ray Charles, like you're doing like insanely talented mm-hmm. and huge people, Bruce Springsteen, Leonard Skinner, like having having all these songs, like it is. It is kind of crazy that they were able to clear as much music as they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I, I'm curious. I'm curious if like <clears throat> sometimes when they have, sorry, I, I need some water. No worries. Um. Uh, but I wonder if like sometimes when they have like the names of people like below, like to contextualize who the background singers are, and say like um, where it's like. So like so and so, so and so, Paul Simon. Yeah, it's like whatever. a report card of people those... they worked with. Yeah, I'm curious if some of those that they include are ones that they like could not get the like songs for possibly. <laughs> yeah, like maybe yeah. they try to get a Paul Simon song. Yeah, and, it's like, and I also no. yeah, and, it, and also I, I it, he probably was like, look, I'm also like I'm making a documentary here. I can't have like it can't all just be random songs. Like it can't be a jukebox True. documentary. Um, yeah. Uh, I said jukebox. I meant jukebox. Nope. I meant jukebox with a K. God. All right. That's great. Um, Not everything but, can be across the universe. All right. We can't. It's true. Just. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, no. So it's I, I and the way he does place the music, because it is like it's a ton. It's a lot of music, of course, yes. because it's like yeah. that's how he's like. That's what he's talking about. That's that's the yeah. documentary. But. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. so overpopulated where you're just like, okay, here's another song, here's another song, here's another song. Yeah, like it's all laid out pretty oh, like evenly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. And I do like how like even before like the Talking Heads at the beginning, I do like how how they started with uh, "Walk on the Wild Side" by Lou Reed, mm-hmm. and how like because as like w- I could be wrong, but one of the few songs that actually did like bring up the uh backup singers as a part of the song yeah which is that's true what was a very interesting choice to uh, but but i do think it is like the perfect choice to begin on to like set the tone yeah uh, uh, yeah i like character and characterize them as as a crucial mm-hmm. uh, like a, a crucial part of of the doc and um yeah and because that song it's like really it's a two-hander between lou reed and in the backup singers because like they come yeah. right after the chorus and that's yeah for sure since before we go any further I, I actually wanted to ask a question to valerie and to you jack since i've already established i know mm-hmm. shit all about music and especially like a lot of the music they listed here i mean i'm not i'm not like a rolling stones fan i'm not a huge like, like i don't know a lot of ray charles or stevie wonder or Leonard Skinner, or Bruce Springsteen. Like, I'm just, like, I listen to, like, I'm trying to explore more as I get older. Like, I'm now just getting into pop, because I've been so hesitant mm-hmm. against it for so many years when I was younger. I'm, just, like, just trying to, move, like, move slowly outside of my bubble. But uh, let's start with Valerie first. What's your taste in music? What's your exposure to it? Like, how much of this documentary was, like, I don't know who any of these people are, or, like, oh, I know all of this? Uh, yeah, for me, it's, like, a fair mix where like i'm i'm 
I tend to like if I find an artist, I'll like just like go through their discography and are like, okay, so I'm gonna check out every single thing by this artist and see as much as I can. Oh, I just heard that one. Uh, I heard that one. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that one sure. was. Yeah, like the ones before were just like, okay, it's a little tame, but no. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every night they come by. Weird. The hogs. The hogs. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, so it's like uh, um, Sons of Anarchy out there. Oh my god! Basi- basically, uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, but um, so it's. But yeah, I'd say it's a fair amount of people I'm familiar with, and other people that I'm like I've heard like a song or two from them. But yeah, like I I'm a big fan of Lou Reed, big fan of him, like Velvet Underground, Lou Reed, all that stuff. Um, uh, I'm on. I only saw Stop Making Sense like literally like a week ago oh, for the first time. God, I'm, I'm oh, only, only now getting to Talking Heads. Bless you. I, I just I, I mean I would I would have loved to just erase it Bro, from my memory and just go back to my again. first time again. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh it's so good. Sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like oh, no, apparently the, <laughs> the movie Stop Making Sense is such a trigger word for me and Jack. I know. And I Jack know, got me into it too. We just, He's like, you should watch <laughs> this movie. Yes. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Continue. Sorry. Yes. Can we just okay. cover Ricky and in the Flash by now? Like, I no. Just, well, it was funny though. Talk- like the moment Talking Heads came up in the doc, I was like, I kind of, I, I know this pop doc is probably going to be pretty good, but I'm kind of just want to go from, <laughs> like, let me just go watch Stop Making Sense again. <laughs> like, you know, I know, yeah. just that I, one like cut, just that you know? little clip of it too. Like, oh. yeah, it's so mm-hmm. little yeah. too, and you're just like, it's a morsel. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. And, but yeah, people like. But yeah, I'm like kind of familiar with like the Stones and Saint and Cocker and stuff like that. But just they're people that I've just never like really like Explore. took the deep dive in. Same with Bowie, actually, just like just like people that have been like, "Yep, that's basically like you, Clay." I've I've just been like, "Well, I'll get into them at some point." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I know who they are. Yeah. I've heard a song by them, but I don't like know the like, the mute. Like, there's only like one time when I like really recognized, like. I, I give me shelter the stone song i knew that song pretty mm-hmm. well because there is that there's just i knew there was this story about this backup singer coming in late at night and like blowing her voice out so like, tired the, yeah. yeah yeah and just like basically like just like rupturing her vocal cords into infinity by doing the you know uh rape murder blah, blah, i forget the yeah. rest of the lyrics can you sing like, it for us i don't know how no, that goes I'm good okay. I'm, I'm, i appreciate the offer <laughs> and i know everyone's dying for me to do that but i have yes, to decline yes. <laughs> gracefully um but like i knew that and i'm like oh, i still don't shit, know how that, that one goes but that's like the mm. only real like oh that's that's that thing like that's that's her yeah. that's she's yeah, you know yeah. like mm-hmm. she's been unmasked yeah. the puzzle like, piece was person. put together mm-hmm. yeah, yeah but the, besides also, that it's just all new information for me yeah mm-hmm. oh it was also from earth to monster mash mm. Mm. yes 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 okay yes yes yes, yes. <laughs> okay this makes sense of course Yes. Um. Uh, yeah, Jack. Yeah, I. I think what's interesting is like you shouldn't be. Like, um, ashamed or like self discouraged that you aren't as well versed musically. I think it just, just is just what it for is. For the record, I'm not, like I, it's because I was embarrassed it's just, by it by the past, but now I'm just like it is what it is. I think mm-hmm. that it's even better because mm. you get to you get to get into this. At such a 
at such an age where it's like why am i talking like i'm 30 like you get to get into music where it's like you should you like you know what you like you have your Mm -hmm. your lanes and -hmm. it's not as a as if people are telling you what you should like at 13 you know what i mean so i think it's i think that's just like a good thing that you're now expanding horizons anyway but i would say Mm -hmm. that my taste i'm always trying to expand I don't, I, whenever I'm asked this, I never know how to respond. It's a little bit like movie taste, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I, I love like Fiona Apple. I love, uh, you know, I love Amy Winehouse. And come, we're coming up in a few weeks. Um, I, I, I'm going through my Spotify saved albums. Um, like, what do I have saved? I have Avid Brothers saved. I have Aretha Franklin saved. Like, I just have, I just listen to anything that I have saved. Because uh, I, I love albums more than playlists, usually, too. Um, like, you know, who else is in here? Can. <laughs> uh, drug Dealer, Fa- Father John Misty, you know. Mm-hmm. Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, because, like, music is, is, like, film, it's just, like, so much of it out there. And you need to, like, easily, if you love anything like i love um uh avid brothers like i mentioned before and if you go to more musicians like avid brothers then it's like okay so this is anything that's similar mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah it's a fun thing about music. sort of make a tree like, out of it and branches out um, definitely and it's also just like um i don't know when like like i was vi- I was very much like a punk when I was like a teenager and well, I wasn't tough or anything, but I was, I Oh, I love the national to. too. The national are great. Oh my God. Oasis. Nice. I'm still going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, if like, so like say Nirvana, I watched a Nirvana interview and Kurt Cobain was like, yeah, have the, like uh, PJ, PJ Harvey. And it's like, Oh, I got to check out PJ Harvey. And then it's like, Oh yeah. PJ Harvey yeah. mentions like, pixies or something it's just like, yeah oh, and check out pixies gonna yeah. check out this it's just like it's just a trail yeah. yes you just go um, on trails basically. also spoon and cake to other <laughs> too great oh, yeah cake's great yeah it's funny like yeah, i remember I... um also like um when i got into i, I it's a little bit like how you're talking about stand-up uh uh dana gould talking about favorite mm-hmm. movies and when mm-hmm. i got into film i fell head over heels with Paul Thomas Anderson movies. And then I discovered mm-hmm. that Paul Thomas Anderson directed a music video for an artist named Fiona Apple. And that then that's ah. how I branched on over yeah. to, to her. And then, then I realized like she's from a generation of great indie women. And also another one of those artists, Amy Mann. So then like, I, and then I realized mm-hmm. Amy Mann made the original soundtrack for Magnolia. So then I'll, you know, it all comes mm-hmm. together. Full circle. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. then, like, you know, Alanis Morissette and, like, the other 90s indie scene was, like, Stereo Lab and American Football, a little underground. But God, Stereo yeah. Lab is so good. So good, right? It's just so relaxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. H- have you ever seen the movie Brain Candy? I would love to. Brain Candy. But <laughs> it sounds uh, like one of those, uh, like, pre-Lord of the Rings P. Jackson horror movies. <laughs> that title. It, it's it's this it's a it's a comedy movie by the canadian sketch group kids in the hall it's a movie about like the scientists curing depression and it doesn't work <laughs> and 
<laughs> and and it has the best one of the best soundtracks we've ever heard. Let me let me list off the songs on this soundtrack or musicians. It has Pavement, it has Liz Fair, it has They Might Be Giants, uh uh Pell Melch, uh Sibomato, uh Tragically Hip, Guided by Voices, Stereo Lab, Yola Tango <laughs> and uh, odds. Oh my god. Wow. That sounds like, like a cacophony. Extremely nineties. Um, but then like I, I have a few other friends that are way more into music than I am and they'll always mm-hmm. show me things like they like I have friends that have shown me Ween and it's like what has Ween been all my life? Like this is sounding like n- nothing I've ever heard before. And um yeah, it's a little bit like any art form where it's just kind of incredible to see what other human beings can are are capable of creating sometimes where it's just like wow this is just so original yeah um it's so funny you guys talking about how like when you're like discovering music um you know uh valerie you said like but by the way just wanted to make clear like i'm no by no means like an expert by the way yeah yeah, yeah, and and, like i i think that it's interesting that um, you bring up that I'm not going through Stevie Wonder or Bruce Springsteen's discography or like Mick Jagger because I, I've always considered them with like too popular. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like with like David Bowie is mentioned, like he, mm-hmm. he brought, brought back up singers for Young American and like people sort of pass off artists like like those people because it's like, oh, I know Dave Buddy. I, I know Jagger. I don't need to, like, explore further. Like, they are so ingrained into our minds and in our pop culture. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, wait, I, like, I so get it. They're so prevalent like, that you already yeah. you feel like you already know them. Yeah, that's It's sure. like, you yeah. know all the quotes to The Godfather. I don't need to see it. You know, it's like, it's one of those. That can, yeah, I, I get you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the fun, like, like, Valerie, you mentioned uh, you discovered PJ Harvey from, uh, who was it again that you connected her to? Uh I, I think I'm, I, I'm not. I think it might have been uh, Kurt Cobain, but could Kurt, be okay. Well, it might it have been Kurt. someone else from the. I 90s. discovered fucking PJ Harvey through uh, 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 Peaky Blinders, oh, <laughs> the nice. the yeah. like Netflix, uh, you know, uh, you United uh, England, you know, like grimy London, uh, I... Netflix series. <laughs> um. <laughs> And that's also how I discovered, like, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I discovered, uh, like, what's another one? Um, like, Anderson Pock through fucking Iron Fist, I think. The Netflix show. Just, just stuff, or, like, Johnny Cash from, like, the Logan trailer. Like, it's not, I mean, I know oh who these people were. I've heard them on other songs, or I've heard their songs over the radio, but that's when I get into their music, is if I hear it and I'm watching something, like a trailer or a snippet from a TV show or, like, a snippet from a movie, that's when I really get into their shit. Um, it's just, mm-hmm. like, when I have this, these, like, like this visual connection to it, that's when I'm like, all right, let me discover yeah. who this is. But I, And now I'm trying to do that through just, like, playlists on apple music or whatever just like essentials or like curated playlists which are very hit or miss obviously and but now since i've actually met all these people on like twitter who are you know have much better music taste than i do now i'm like using them 
to be like, what should I listen to? Please help. Um, mm. But like, yeah, and that's, and that's. You should start screaming out your window. I, I, I I'm I close. Music. I'm close. I need good music. People just start help. throwing vinyl at you and like. You know, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. I need something that isn't uh, 90s. Uh, east coast hip-hop something that's like different um but like yeah so it's it's funny that it's just like a lot of people have different ways of discovering music and mine is just like i need to see it in a television show or a trailer for me to be like i'm into them now i'm gonna get into Do you need it. it slowed down too like in all different yeah, slow motion cover yeah yeah slow motion sure. yeah 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 it's like... trailers for sure though like that's how i got into run the jewels uh was the black panther trailer was that first Black Panther trailer? It had Legend has it on it, and that's when I'm oh, like, okay, yeah. let me get into their shit, because it's yeah. just like it hypes you up when you just have that visual connection, and that it like becomes mm. like part of the fucking lifeblood of the trailer, like the soul yeah. that can be that song that they choose. And you were, su- I remember you uh, were such a big fan of them that you were all hype uh, when Booksmart used it. Oh yeah, I mean like yeah, then yeah, there's. I mean now now they're everywhere now like even though like the Black Panther trailer yeah. was still like huge for them it was like very big but now they're in every kind of trailer there is. Do you listen um, to Death Grips at all? No. You should listen know, wait, to Death Grips. Who, who are Death Grips? Who, who are Death If Grips? you if you enjoy Run the Jewels, they're okay. Like, they're kind I got of, you. They're kind of similar. I got you. Yeah, Death Grips is very 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 fun. Yeah, it's, I got it's you. very all good. Right. While you play basketball, uh, you should listen to them. Yeah, oh, I need to play basketball. It's been a while. Um, but like, there. No, no, go ahead, Valerie. Sorry. No, I was, I was just—it it was barely an advantage. I was just gonna say it's like, basically, <laughs> it's every trans girl's like favorite band is uh, Death Grips. Oh really? Oh, is it? Oh yeah. For reason, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're um, just a blast. Good. Yeah. I don't, I don't mm. have to get into them. Yeah, and so. Now let's, uh, how are we going to get this back to 20 feet from stardom? But yeah, no, like just uh, a lot uh, of this music I haven't been formally introduced to. Like I know all the, like obviously I know who the fuck Stevie Wonder is. I've heard, uh, like I've listened <laughs> to Superstition. I'm not an animal, you know, <laughs> like I have Superstition saved <laughs> on my phone. I don't listen to it all the time, but it's there because I know how good of a song it is. Um, I've, <laughs> I, you know, I've, li- I've listened to a few Ray Charles songs. Like I know these people, I've heard some songs, I, you know, obviously I knew Gimme Shelter. But it's not like these people I really play. And I've seen Martin Scorsese. Yeah. I've, I know. Give me yeah, exactly. Like, I've seen. I know. I've seen Goodfellas. Okay. Like I'm not crazy. I'm not an, an insane person. I made it through the first 15 minutes of The Departed. I've heard Give Me Shelter. Yeah. Is that it? Okay. I haven't seen The Departed in so long. Um, that would. No, that's definitely makes sense if that song is in. Yeah. All right. I got. All right, Marty. All right. You're. It's in the opening credits. This, no less. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Man, it's been a while. And that sort of thing, honestly, that's kind of all what you were saying earlier was about like being like because they're just like these are like so like omnipresent artists. It is kind of hard to get into them. Like, I still have like a lot of like Scorsese and Tarantino blind spots just because it's like, <laughs> what opinion will I contribute to this? It's what true. Opinion will true. I have? Yeah. And it feels like it's already such covered ground that it's just like, well, what, mm-hmm. yeah, what is my contribution to it? Like, what am I going to learn or what am I going to gain out of this experience that I haven't already mm-hmm. been somewhat introduced to? Like, yeah, like I've, any yeah. David Bowie song I've listened to has been incredible, but like, it's still, I feel like there's just that weird, like, lack of distance of me just like c- completely connecting to it. 
because I know like mm-hmm. almost all of like I feel like everyone I know is like Bowie is their favorite favorite artist of all time. Everyone fucking loves Bowie, and mm-hmm. I'm just like he's and I can't be like well I don't really like this or whatever. He's great. He's amazing. He's just it's hard for me to really connect to him like automatically, because it's like I didn't grow up with mm-hmm. him. I don't, I was never really, like, I've never been, for, like, kind of formally introduced to him in the sense of, like, organically, I mean, just, like, I just yeah. come mm-hmm. to it instead of that just people sense. screaming in my face, he's great, mm-hmm. which is fine, which is fair, because he is great, but it's, I still don't mm-hmm. have, like, I've just never gotten into it. Yeah, you need that, like, you need that step to, like, take the dive in. Mm-hmm. You need to be on the diving board. It also has to be, say. like, people recommend you music, and that's fine, but when people, like, tell you to listen to something yes that's like that's different and that's when you just like that it's it it almost never works ever 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 like you'll listen to it but you'll just won't connect to it like there are so many different artists that my cousin like back in the day uh d5 shout out if you're listening you're not but just shout out anyways (laughs) but like when he would recommend me uh listen to denzel curry listen to like joey badass or whatever um i listened to them like he made me listen to them i'm like that's good uh, and then I don't listen to them for like two or three more years and then I come back to them and be like, oh yeah, they're great. They're fantastic. They're now one of my favorite artists. But since he was like, this is it. Here it is. Here's the song. Listen to this. I, it just, I couldn't, like, it felt so forced that I couldn't come to it naturally. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, back to the doc. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, I, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. th- I think that's good that we just covered that like our... Because a lot of this is, you know, music, music is such a personal, intimate thing, an intimate connection, and something so particular we all have, in the sense of like, mm-hmm. like no one's taste in music is really the same than, the, and, and like, and no one's connection to it is the yeah. same. I w- I never know how to critique music either. I just oh I can't I, I don't know have the vocabulary. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, I I think music critics are like insanely insanely talented. I like I I think that is I think that is an actual. Um, talent and art form uh, in and of itself but it's I, I just yeah I'm, I'm with you like that is insanely difficult for me I just it's mm-hmm. it's it's more of a gut thing than I think film is right where it's like you know if something hits or not sometimes mm-hmm. but that's the funny and like thing sort of like nuance is gone for me um but. I'm gonna this the funny thing about that with music is like or for me at least I don't know if if both of you are the same but like when i almost any time when i'm anticipating an album from an artist i love whether it be like you know kendrick tyler anderson pop like like i said earlier hey tyler hey look at that yeah like and his album's coming out soon almost every time i listen to that that like upcoming like anticipated album for the first time like it just comes out and i listen to all of it i'm usually always underwhelmed no matter how good or bad it is, I'm almost immediately underwhelmed. I'm like, oh, that was the thing. I listened to it. But then I mm. keep listening to it and listen to it. And it takes like the third or fourth time I listen to that album for me to love it. Or I just don't listen to it anymore. Mm. But like, I never, I've never been like, well, this album is a masterpiece and I love all the tracks on it. And that happens later for me. With a movie, yeah. I watch it, I love it instantly, or I don't. Like, And of course, maybe I rewatch it and I love it even more. But there's not that... like. I'm never like always like underwhelmed when I first see a movie, when but with albums that are like in, I'm anticipating from other people, I'm like, or just in albums in general. I it's anytime I listen to a full album, it's just like, oh, okay, that was something. I guess I'll listen to that, see if my mind changes or whatever, and then that's when I start mm-hmm. to love it. But I I'm always like that. It's I've always found it very weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
yeah, I, I've definitely had it with a, with a couple musicians where it's just like, yeah, it just like doesn't connect at first, and you just have to like, yeah, because yeah, there's a special thing with music when it's like, especially because so many musicians like I just like don't keep keep up with like music in any way like in like same uh like music nu- news or anything like that so it's just like it'll just be like oh they have a new album out mm-hmm. uh gonna check this out and it's, I just go in completely blind it's just like okay yeah exactly <laughs> it's just like you don't know yeah. what to expect and yeah you're like, oh this was the thing that was given to me I listened to it mm-hmm. and now I need to have feelings on it uh, I will have feelings on it later. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just sometimes, like, yeah. so just like, oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Okay. So, like, it was yeah. interesting it just, to learn. Oh, go ahead. It just does... It stinks to, to see that um, Hill, Fisher, or Clay never really just blossomed at, at, for, for, like, a record deal. Like, we... Mm-hmm. Like we've, so dream dream they would um coming out of this though um i think like lisa fisher talked about being content with backup singing i i get that notion but um it's like you would it's hard to pay so much to yeah i I suppose it yeah yeah because like being so close to yeah to like the greats of of their generations as the doc is so clean keen on pointing out um Mm mm-hmm it just kind of stings. Hey, no pun intended. Sting is in this, <laughs> but um, yeah, to to see how they um, how they can can taste the the success because they are everywhere. I mean, the I mean, mm-hmm. really, it is just so surprising and, and informative to to learn like they are in like the holiday songs and uh, the the opening of the Lion King for for Christ's sake and oh yeah uh, the, commercials uh, like it's yeah it's pretty wild like can you sing yeah. that for us the opening of the Lion King no, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm a bit hazy on I'm, how it goes no I'm good I am not gonna become that <laughs> fucking what was it, the Navy band at the White House who just all these white people just start singing the Lion King song have you guys seen oh my that God. video. Probably like I outside not. the White House, it's just. Oh I, I would like this to stop. <laughs> yeah, no, tr- it's. I mean, you've seen it. Like you might not remember it as I'm describing it, but you've definitely seen it. It's everyone. It's it's always <laughs> on the internet. You can't escape it. Um, but it is like, yeah. I mean, that's like the biggest thing of the doc. I feel like that's like its marketing thing is like, you you know, like the unsung heroes that have been in your life more than you know. Like, here are the people who have just mm-hmm. been in all of the music you've ever listened to and you not knowing it. That does I mean, sound like, like the accurate mm-hmm. tagline. Yeah. That's... Yeah, it, yeah. It's a very long tagline, but yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> um, but, like, that's, like, the that, that's the hook of the movie. And it's it's really, like, you know, exploring... The thing with Rodriguez, like, the last one, Searching for Sugar Man, that's, like, a very individualized story of something kind of crazy and kooky happening. And then it's also about this guy. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like oh these this crazy coincidence of things happening, and then you know like you know lost in translation, you know story, and you know other side of the world, all that kind. Of, it's a very like a, it's like based on an article. It feels like because I think it is. Um, while mm-hmm. like this is very much, it's not. It doesn't like it doesn't mean it has like a wider perspective since like. The, with what we talked about with searching for Sugar Man, it might have too much of a wide perspective at times of trying to ca- capture too much. 
and I feel somewhat similar to this one because it's just trying to juggle so many things, but it's mm-hmm. kind of coming from that aspect of like, here is just, here is this entire industry you don't ever really think about. Here is the backup singer industrial complex. Like, here's the cycle mm-hmm. that backup singers go through. Here's their lives. Here are the interest, um, details and the, uh, the like subtleties to that profession. And it's like, and it's like, mm-hmm. and they pick in, you know, uh, Neville picks out four uh, specific background singers to really, uh, I, to cover that entire ground of this is the industry. Yeah. This is the background mm-hmm. singer industry, mm-hmm. um, which is like, it's a lot. I, you know, people, you would think that like this, oh, it's just about background, background singers. It'll be like pretty, you know, short or whatever. Like it, it, they can't cover too much ground, but the moment you put in so much personal stories into this mm-hmm. and you have multiple mm-hmm. let alone four it becomes like quite a lot to cover and it's and, pretty yeah. impressive how much he actually does and the fact mm-hmm. that they're all co- connected by like gospel roots and the church is sort of giving them this idea that it, all in harmony they can create something collaboration uh, yeah yeah collaboration create, like that that they are a part of creation as much as stevie wonder is you know it's like the, mm-hmm. it's not it's not like they're helping stevie wonder they are stevie wonder but just in mm-hmm. as an adage they're yeah. p- they're part of the band they're basically like it's like the bass player and the drummer and guitarist yeah, exactly. they all contribute something to the greater good and it's like yeah they're all just like they work off each other it's very interesting i, I do like how neville is able to go between like the like fun moments of the industry and also the like the harsh realities really the the harsh realities yeah the toughness like the fact that multiple of them either just could not have kids because they couldn't afford Mm -hmm. it or their kids had to live with their families because they're just scraping by because Mm -hmm. unfortunately they're not rich like other musicians like the ones that get that the solarists that get the big deals they are like yeah like blue collar singers basically yeah just yeah doing their best it is interesting um when yeah like you're just talking about how like a lot of their stories even though like a lot of them are very specific and come from like this particular perspective and career arc Mm -hmm. there are a lot of these like lapses where they're just so similar like it feels like they, you know, it feels like multiple people said the almost the same exact phrase of, I then had to have my kids live with my, you know, my sister or my brother or somewhere else or like however they, or my parents or something mm-hmm. like that. As in like they go, it's like these stages that all of them have to go on individually. Like there's these set steps you must make as a backup singer. Even in your failure, you still have to do the same thing. Um, it's mm-hmm. like, it's because like, I mean, I think that's what Neville... It starts, it kind of feels like maybe, it's hard to imagine, like, I haven't done any research on this, of, like, what, what was his initial goal in making this? Was it always to focus on these four individuals? Did he just want to cover background singing in general and then just found these four stories? But it kind of feels like he just heard so much of the similarities between each story that he's like, okay, I need to, like, it it, it feels so encompassing, their experiences, even though there are certain deviations along the way that... It does feel like her. I need to pick four, four of these um, women. Just be like, this is their individual story, so I can like put more detail into it and put be more personal. 
Um, I think you're half right. I I remember uh, Neville talking in a uh, in an interview about this that um, the idea came from his late producer uh, Gil Freisman, and Gil had the idea of a backup singer documentary, but they didn't really know the uh, focal point just yet, and they looked at fifty. I think he he named fifty backup singers and did thorough uh backgrounds into each one and then narrowed it down to just the four that we see um and then like i I think the thorough like narrowing it down makes makes it seem like there was very specific reasons why we are looking at um who we see here Mm -hmm. it it knowing that now like i didn't i didn't know that before and it's just like it makes sense because it does feel like neville has like yeah, he's researched and, like, talked to a lot of people, so he understands the milieu of the industry and mm. this, specifically, this extremely specific part of the industry and how it, like, just functions and, like, how, like, a- and just different things of, like, just, like, them reacting to, like, well, that was our song. That was th- that was the song we sang on or whatever. It's just, it's very interesting how, like... He he knows what to cover. He knows what to like. It's it's like he knows enough that he knows what to cover and what not to cover because he knows what is like the most like interesting parts of the profession. Like he knows the profession well enough to know that in a way. Yeah. If that, if that makes sense. If you had said that this doc was made by a producer, you you would be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, with Neville, you never feel like you're in, like, from, I mean, obviously, I've only seen, I think I've only seen two docs of his, but won't you be our neighbor in this? I never feel like where, like, I never feel overwhelmed with information. I never feel like I'm missing something. It feels like, mm-hmm. it, it feels like, it yeah, I didn't walk not, away from this feeling empty at all. Like, it, it, yeah, the ground like, well, was, I, like, covered very well, you know what I mean? But it's not like it was, co- like, like, with Inside Job was like there's so much fucking jargon I, and it's also one it's a different it's a totally yeah, different right. like subject but right. there's they got so used and like so like they transitioned so easily into all like the academic language of economics and stock in the stock market and stuff that and like trading that i got so overwhelmed by all that information i couldn't keep track of it and so i felt mm-hmm. like well i now i don't know anything because you talked it all out of my mind with this it's yeah. like it it feels suit like the amount of information there is like i'm content with it but i'm also but i'm never like overwhelmed by like all of the like different interest uh, interest i can't speak the different uh certain details in the industry of background singers and the uh, profession itself it doesn't feel like now i know way too much that i can't keep track of what's what mm-hmm. yeah it's well balanced for sure yeah yeah it's it's like yeah last last summer i i got have 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 you been by chance read the book chaos no Mm -mm. it's a book about like it's like a book about manson and like uh like the the case in like actuality now like a lot of things in the actual trial were inaccurate but the thing with that book is just like 
the opera is just so obsessed with like the case that's just it's too much and for like a week after i finished reading i was just like okay the beach boys the beach boys the beach boys like i was just like completely out of it just from like he- being swamped in that for like two weeks yeah yeah <laughs> you if couldn't if it's you couldn't so, hear the like... name dennis wilson ever again it's like mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah. If it's there's so much, you know, if there's like so much information that they're just bombarding you with, that the moment you process one of the things they tell you, they give they throw you another fastball. Now you now like you Mm -hmm. have to process this whole other thing, and then you just start losing some of it. Um, Yeah. That's all. I mean, that's with like kind of any way of like any platform or like any time you're absorbing information, no matter the circumstance, whether it's like school or a documentary or an article or book it's like Mm -hmm. it 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 needs to have it needs to be the right amount of informative but not so informative that like you just you you lose track and you and it starts feeling Mm -hmm. like a lecture you can't keep track of totally yeah yeah for sure because like that's sort of the problem with inside job and again apples and oranges like they're so you can't Mm -hmm. really i guess the like the criticism applies there than i think it is uh more here which i don't think is your point but, but still it's um, no, I, I, I think it's, yeah. In, yeah, Inside Jobs is the one that really came to mind because it's just like, now the issue do I do have with this doc is, even though I said all of that, I do think it is hard to keep track of each individual career arc because yeah. there's, and they just throw a lot of names of who's associated with who. Like, I now very much understand like the hist like I now... Like the way he detailed the history and the evolution of backup singing, I that was super well well laid out and super informative, and I absorbed mm-hmm. all of it. But when you get then when you get down to the real nitty gritty specifics of each uh, artist's individual life, that's when I start kind of being like, okay, who worked with Sting? Who worked with um? Who worked with uh, Rolling Jagger. Stones? Yeah, exactly. And like, mm-hmm. who, and oh, both of them worked with Rolling Stones. All right, who worked yeah, with Cochran? Because yeah. it, it's just, I think four might be too many. I know, I understand why. I mean, all four women that he features here are very, like, they show a different side of the industry and show a different kind of evolution of it, even though they're all connected. And I, mm-hmm. and I think all four of them have like very compelling stories. I mean, actually, it might be like five if you count. So you have Michael um, Jackson, the Max, Michael Jackson backup singer but yeah. then she like had a career yeah. of her own right it's yeah nice. and she's still apparently she was on the voice which i found out after this and i'm like what are you doing girl i i, I think this might have needed like an interviewer where they play like an audience surrogate role or if not like maybe a narrator would be a little too much but yeah I, it, that's I, I when think... you start becoming a ken burns documentary it's mm-hmm. yeah yeah, it became like it almost became like the decline of Western civilization movies, where just the director occasionally like came in. Yeah, they're so good. Yeah. But I'd say those are my favorite music talks ever. Yeah, probably. Those those are just like the right amount of like grind. Like that's a movie you can smell. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah, <laughs> disgusting. Just. For so sure. like the main four women are Darlene Love, who who is positioned as like mm-hmm. the OG of the background singer of like yes. the gospel yes. back, gospel background background singer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mary Clayton, who's like kind of comes right mm-hmm. after her, who uh, who you know of course is the woman who is featured in, um, uh, the, the Gimme Shelter song, and then like yes. ha- Gimme Shelter, yes. and tries her own solo career pretty 
pretty close to that and rises to stardom. Uh, Lisa uh, Lisa Fisher, who's Lisa like Fisher. still in it, Lisa Fisher. won a Grammy. Um, and but then never released a second record. Yeah. But does go on to tour up the Rolling Stones since 1989, I believe they said. Yeah. And then you have yeah. Judith Judith Hill, who's like the most recent, who's like right in the middle of the game. She's she's like, mm-hmm. you know, she was a background singer for Michael Jackson. She's now trying to do like she's focused on solo stuff. But so you have mm-hmm. those four people, and they're like the main group. But you also have like Claudia, uh, what was her name? Like Claudia Lenar, Cl- Lenar, who was like mm-hmm. who po- poised for um, who 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 uh, did uh, Tina Ike and Tina Turner. Or Ike Turner and Tina Turner, mm-hmm. who poised uh, or posed for Playboy, who, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, she, there's a lot of de- time dedicated to her as well. And then she kind of becomes, mm-hmm. like, the fifth party. Then you have, um, oh, shit, what's, like, it's hard to see. This is the thing. It's, like, you start to kind of lose track of who's who because there's just so many names that are thrown at you. There was one name like Taya or Tata or something. Yeah, like exactly. That, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just watched it too. Yeah, yeah, Tata, Tata Vega. Vega. Mm-hmm. Tata Vega. Yeah. And then there's like a, a a decent amount of time dedicated to her, and so it mm-hmm. might sound like I just went from praising the documentary of being like understandable to now saying I don't understand it. I'm saying that like when I mean is I under like the story of the industry itself and the evolution of the industry i think was super like well laid out and understandable but then when you start mm-hmm. getting to the nitty-gritty of the persons the people yes. and their career arcs individually that's when it starts to mm-hmm. become messy for me yeah yeah certainly i i wish they would have done more with like maybe not doing each vignette one after the other but i wish they like maybe did like either a transition or like some sort of like just reminding giving you the caption with their name again just to remind you who they are just in case you forgot because there's just so many players going all at once yeah i'm with you basically but and speaking of tata vega for a second one of the most like one of the most like sad but real things said in this documentary is when she was talking and she was just when she was talking about how she, like she didn't make it and she was just like because like for the most part this movie like did not talk about drugs which i was kind of surprised by yes yeah and, yes and mm-hmm. that was and brought up in another said, interview like, i heard I, I saw with naval like there wasn't much drugs and sex which i thought was kind of a weird question but it's like oh sure <laughs> what was his response like, that was that that was like that was that film in like in center too. Like that was like a legit institution. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, he's just like, yeah, it happened, but it was it was he was more coy about it. Or it's it's he was like it that's happened, but that's not the focus, right? Yeah. It's, he was kind of like mm-hmm. dodging it, but it's like yeah, I understand like, why you're dodging it. I he's get a fun it. interview. Yeah. He's he's a fun interview. I get it, but yeah, 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 yeah. It's the sort of thing where like, y- y- of course, you don't want to be like sensationalistic about it and be like. Yeah, very like oh, I'm. They're all doing coke or whatnot. But yeah. at a certain point, it's just like you're ignoring the history. If you're not yeah, like, it feels well, you know, some right, people right. died. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And but yeah, so Tata Vega said like, you know, if if I made it, if I quote unquote made it, I probably wouldn't be here. I probably would have OD'd somewhere, which mm-hmm. was really depressing. But yes, like yes. knowing what like fame does and like how like. A lot of people don't like know how to handle fame when they get it. It's just like yeah, yeah. It's a little bit like when they cut to the footage of Bowie singing "Young Americans." 
I completely mm-hmm. forgot where it's like, wait, he was incredibly addicted to crack at that time. Where it's, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, and just yeah, the, it the is... image of that ghostly white face. It's like, oh, okay. It's very, yeah. yeah I, I think a lot of those aspects and like a lot of the, you know, it's like for a lot of it's about rock and roll. There's barely any sex or drugs, which is kind of like, so mm-hmm. it, 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 there's a little bit of a sanitation element to it that I also didn't love. Um, but it is like the idea when like Tata talks about that, as in if I was famous, I wouldn't be here at OD. And you get some of those kind of similar statements from other people, as in like, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Like so much, there's so much pressure on you, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of them try and they fail. Um, it is like that is like I think the most compelling part of the documentary is the kind of it's almost like a philosophical question. It feels like something you would ask yourself in a philosophy class. Would I rather be a backup singer or a lead singer? And the why mm-hmm. the right the reason why I say it's philosophical because I feel like it's such a personality uh, revealer or at least like a, it reveals a lot about a person of like what their answer would be. Um, because mm-hmm. like, like uh, Springsteen says like it takes a, a certain amount of narcissism to be like a star, like a lead singer to be yeah. like a superstar. And it takes a, a certain amount mm-hmm. of ego and like passion and like craziness. And it is, it's an interesting thing. And so that like that, qu- that quarry, if I'm going to, bust out my sat words um <laughs> the query of like is it quarry no it's quarry or query never mind i, I see now i already look stupid again oh man sure are you saying good. like a qu- like a four of something or like a question a question okay yeah it's a query yeah. query thank you i don't what quarry isn't that like never mind uh christopher the english language is hard it's okay like, yeah it's a, but there's also christopher mcquarry quarry so in the I, house there's also um, christopher mcquarry how about, like, you could just do what Tom Cruise says, and you can call him Chris McHugh and make it easier. I don't know. Yeah, okay. My, so, like, I think, like, the biggest Chris McHugh of the documentary is, like, <laughs> could, like who are, are you a lead, are you a lead singer or are you a backup singer? Do you want that mm-hmm. pressure? Do you want that limelight? Do you want that intention? Do you want that money? Or do you want to be doing something you love, but not get the, the maybe the credit you want? Like right. it's like, or do you want to be a... like? Do you want to take on Lisa Fisher's uh, mentality? Oh, oh, we can believe this to be true or not true. And she's just like, I'm just happy. I am singing. Period. Just be like, you are involved in this art form at any capacity, and I'm content. And you're doing it you know the I mean? most so... pure possible because you're not focused on that uh, ancillary stuff of it, or not as yeah. focused. Mm-hmm. Like the thing with being a star is like you have to focus on so many things besides just your art. If a backup singer, I mean, you can just, you just are told what to do and what to kind of like bring to it. And then you just kind of play jazz from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to be the support system or like, um, cause I, I think backup singing isn't, is inherent with aspiration. Like, do you, do you just, or mm-hmm. do you, cause I, I, I take it like nobody is, um, jaded about their roles in history or current history it's it's more just like i, I think they're all sat- I, I got the idea that they're all satisfied um and i'm kind of like coming at this doc with the with the energy like this i think this is my favorite one that we've done so far thanks i yeah. think so it's either this or sugar man and i think yeah i think Neville's a more 
confident and because he's the best filmmaker we've also covered so far too yeah that's what yeah so i i agree i think 20 feet from stardom is my favorite as well um but like i would love to see what his like rodriguez documentary would have been i would love to see a neville rodriguez documentary yeah like him doing because he's made other obviously he's made other musician like solo musician based docs yeah i'd be interested like that'd be interesting um but like what was i gonna say uh yeah and another thing another like something that's really compelling is like when they when certain people in the doc say i'm satisfied or like you know i like being a backup singer i'm not made for this it's like i believe them because i feel like that's how i would feel but there's that thing in me is like well wait would I, wouldn't I, but wouldn't you, it's like you're questioning whether they can actually, that could ever be true because it's like, it's such a thing of like, you don't want to be a star. You know what I mean? Like, like that, like you're that kind of pessimistic, you know, idea and they're like, well, everyone wants to be the main person. Everyone mm-hmm. is that attention hungry. Yeah. Everyone is that like selfish and narcissistic. So they're all lying because they actually want to be the star, but it's sort of like coming at uh being a musician as if it's life's ultimate goal or it's like the height of of fame and it's the height that you can achieve with success even if success doesn't equal like you're you're happy it's it's um it's like you're so close why don't you just go for that solo career yeah like you started out singing back how can you be telling the truth saying you're happy with this because it feels so it feels so like you're too close to it to feel happy with it like you're so close and uh but they are though and i you know it's a thing mm-hmm. it's like I, you I could say they're 20 conflict. feet from stardom they are you 20 could... feet that's true that's yes. true 20 mm-hmm. feet 20 <laughs> feet. I, you did nail it you did nail it. i think we can end the episode honestly but i'll continue <laughs> talking um mm-hmm. but like yeah so it is interesting that it feels I, I have that conflict in myself of like well would i actually be happy would i be satisfied with that and are they telling the truth, or are they just jaded and, like, trying to hide it from the world because it's not a good look? Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them are telling the truth, but there has to be one of those people on the dock who are just, like, who are saying that but actually don't mean it. Because it's just mm-hmm. that, because, of course, because it's just all, it's so human, all of these kind of different yeah. reactions you can have to sure. this kind of situation, this circumstance of being so close to stardom, mm-hmm. but not that. It's a, it's a little bit of, like, we're just happy to be nominated, but like, come on, you you want to win? Yes, exactly. Yeah, That's actually the perfect. Yeah, so exactly. like, yeah. You yeah. say that, and I know you're yeah. telling the truth, but there can't, that can't just be it. A little bit. If you're ninety nine percent okay with not winning, there's that one percent where it's exactly. like, mm-hmm. exactly. fuck, I yeah. really wanted that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it's like, yeah, I think it's an interesting mix where it's like, yeah, I, I feel like for a lot of people when they're like in the arts and they're like um about people that like either like didn't make it or kind of like in the like fringes Mm -hmm. whether they chose to be or not like it's that sort of thing where they're just like at a certain point they're just like well the work is what i do i'm this this is the craft i do and i'm just gonna focus on this craft and this is what i care about is, is the craft itself but I'm, but yeah, definitely with, especially if you are an artist and you are like someone who's putting yourself out there that much, it is like to a level of just like 
come on, come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. On, watch like, this. You can't. Come on. You want. You want that so bad. I know you do. I mean, but mm-hmm. it's. But I know. But I know that's just not true. I know a lot of them are actually content. I. I. I, I definitely mm-hmm. believe, um, like Lisa for sure. I definitely believe like the way mm-hmm. she talks about it, is like. And she's probably my favorite of the bunch in the sense of, like her. At least her interviews are my favorite because I feel she's yeah. so. I don't know. Like the way she describes backup singing as a feather being kind of floated yeah. in the mm-hmm. air, yeah, and that's like, a really good and just like yeah. softly landing. It's so she's so soulful, and yeah. like mm-hmm. just vibrant, but also like has such a like sparkly personality, but also is so down to earth. Like she's she's an incredible. They're all wonderful people, and just like yeah, of energy. course, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I I thought all I don't think there was that bad. I don't think there was really one bad interview in the bunch. Yeah, which is saying yeah. a lot. Yeah. Sure. And there's no MVP. Like they're all just mm-hmm. yeah. wonderful. Yeah. The one, the one white, white, the the one white male um, backup singer who just pops up once in a while. Like he's the only one. It's I I, I, mm. I don't know. I always get a chuckle. I'm like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. He's like the only white guy. Yeah. In yeah. This whole thing. Yeah. 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 And then the blonde lady with like the scarf at, the, at only the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's that's very, true. it's very yeah. funny. Um, but no, I mean, like, no, all of them are great. All of them give like great insight. Mm-hmm. I've never, yeah, it never feels like they're all like, oh shit, you asked me to do this two seconds ago, and I feel super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I actually just thought of this was another thing is like, um, uh, Dave Foley is like a character actor. Bring back to comedy for a second because mm-hmm. it's what I'm familiar with. Uh, he was he like he played the principal and it's always sunny and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, uh, he, he has said like in an interview because he's on he was on my favorite show news radio and he was basically just like someone asked him an interview is there anything you wish happened differently he's like yeah I wish the show went as long as Friends and it's still in syndication like Friends and they're like oh yeah you're a sarcastic joke there and he's like no I'm not sarcastic I generally wish that happened I generally wish I was more famous and this show that I loved could have been more successful because there is definitely yeah that side like you were saying Clay of like just like I just want that. Yeah. I want that. There has to be something more. in you. There has to be mm-hmm. at least a, just a, like, like Jack said, mm-hmm. there has to be like 1% of you just like, and I think, but I, 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 it's interesting though, because I bet that mm-hmm. reaction to that comment of saying, no, I wanted to be famous for friends. Like, Oh, a person's like jaded, arrogant, regretful. Like, it's not like a pretty, th- like, it's not a graceful thing to say that, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And it's weird mm-hmm. that we have like, uncomfortable reaction to it because i mean it's not weird it makes sense because it feels like because it feels like because there's a jealousy to it and i think everyone's uncomfortable when jealousy mm-hmm. becomes it but it it's like we all act like a stu- like shocked like you why would you just say that you know like mm-hmm. you know you're already more famous than this person that person can't you just be happy and it's like mm-hmm. but it's such a human thing to be like no i wanted to be better than them i wanted to have more recognition mm-hmm. to them i thought i was better i thought it made a better show mm-hmm. like it's yeah. mm-hmm. it, it's weird how as a society kind of look down upon those kind of reactions when they're so like genuine mm-hmm. and honest um i guess maybe mm-hmm. too honest for people but it's still like that makes perfect sense how you would react that way and so mm-hmm. it, it, so it is interesting that like when the when the person finally has not like the guts but like the bluntness to actually say no, I, I actually wanted to be. Mu- I wanted to be much more famous than I was. Like I'm mm-hmm. disappointed. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I could be better than that person easily. 
um, mm-hmm. is like it, it is it, it somewhat comes from a place of sadness, but it also just comes comes from a place of like honesty and sincerity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I wish we were WTF. That's what I'll say. I wish we were. <laughs> I wish we were WTF with Mark Maron. I wish that mm-hmm. we were that famous. I wish we were yeah. um, serial. All right. <laughs> I think we. Mm-hmm. I think we fucked up here, guys. No. Yeah. I don't. I know. <laughs> Should we should we well, start we, the episodes like what the fuck weirdos what the fuck's happening <laughs> like sort of like, boy uh, yeah what 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 would you call them exiters what the exiters exiters damn that's horrible I don't Valerie that's awesome exiters I'm definitely calling art art fans exiters from now on that's fucking great. <laughs> 2010ers no i don't like it exiters they're exiters they exit that's what they do baby they exit i think that's what we're doing but okay we're all exiting that's the thing we're all moving through time exiting outdoors entering in others we we did that in 2019 when this started that's true (laughs) by the way i'm smoking a massive blunt as i'm saying all of this just want the audience to be very clear oh goodness just Mm -hmm. like a huge doobie (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the uh, people at home. If you've ever, if your parents have ever showed you an old George Burns record, uh, imagine a cigar as big as that. That's what Clay's smoking yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. at this yeah. moment, yeah, that's one percent, one hundred percent. Just, just mm-hmm. relaxing. Um, now Exodus is good. I'm I'm gonna take that to heart now. Uh, oh yes. Thank you for that, Valerie. I'm gonna. That's just now. It's in my arsenal. It's in my arsenal, and I'm gonna use it. Uh, what was? Is there anything else we want to talk about with the doc before we wrap wrap it up? Is there anything we want to pinpoint? Let's see if I have any spare notes that we haven't covered. Um. Do you have anything you want to? It's always. Oh no! Sorry. Go ahead, Valerie. It's it's always wild to like learn even more of how spill. I almost called him Spill Specter. Phil Specter oh, was just yeah. such like a monster. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, always. I, a, like, yeah. 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 Piece is of it? Shit. Am I the only one who gets mm-hmm. him confused with Robert Durst once in a while? <laughs> Our I little friend don't Bobby know the, the D. Between uh, Robert Durst and Fred Durst. So yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, so like boy yeah i don't know why i think it's because they both had like i don't know wait was there i know there's a phil specter tv movie speaking of without yes. pacino mm-hmm. was there a doc also because i feel like there was the, a doc about was. robert durst that's the thing the i jinx. feel like maybe did the jinx and that phil specter movie come out around the same time maybe that's how i got it confused. i i i don't know when the pacino one came out but maybe that's it just like they're all like uh, they're both like ghostly looking white men who have murdered people so that's how i think i got confused yeah. oh or, my god like like they both can, are like skeletons there oh was yes yes no you're right oh. it did come out around, around the same time also mm-hmm. double cursed i was i knew this but i'll but not, just now i'm reminded of this that jeffrey tambor is in uh phil Spector. Oh, jesus that's right that's right <laughs> yeah. that's right yep 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 yeah. And weren't, weren't they both on HBO? They were. The Jinx They and... both were on HBO. That's absolutely right. Yeah. All right. Validated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hell yes. Um, but yeah, uh, Phil Spector is, is not, not horrible, a good person. Horrible. Horrible person. Yeah. Not a good person. 
Oh, it was nice to see like the few clips of of uh, was it? Oh yeah, it was Darlene on uh, David Letterman. Yeah, like throughout the years. That seemed fun because yeah. she became like a regular. Yes, yes, re- recurring guest. Yeah. Yeah, she it had the nice. Rodriguez ending of like, or I mean, mm-hmm. not like like she found her stardom again, or like she had a second mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. others are trying to capture that, or I mean, Lisa never really like, went away because she had always had her backup stuff, but like, mm-hmm. um, but like fucking the uh, revitalization was really cathartic. It's, yeah. 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 Definitely. Um. Should, so what else was nominated this year for best documentary? Yeah, um, I think it's uh, Val. Were you going to say something? The, oh, it was, it was completely unrelated. Uh, basically, I was just going to say it. It was amazing how like between this, like with Letterman and like everyone posting like Conan clips because Conan's ending scene. Like, wow, talk shows used to have like regular people just yeah. always like be right. regulars. Right, right. Yeah, right. it wasn't like, always uh, karaoke and carpool. You know. It's, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. I think it's also worth pointing out that this is our fourth um, doc in this series, and there's only been two studios, which is interesting. Um, oh, wow. The Weinsteins... It, okay, yeah, sure. Um, but they've bulldozed this and Undefeated into winning Best Doc, and Sony Pictures Classics um, took uh, Inside Job and Sugar Man to... Money best doc. I think that we're going to talk a little bit more about one major studio that has found lots of success in documentary mm. format uh, at the Oscars. But mm. for now, it's just like wow, it's very interesting that it's just, it's just it's just two <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, and and also mm. like very similar trajectories that the Weinstein's had with this and Undefeated. That was just like it got really really good praise at Sundance, and then they released a few months later, and. Then shoved as much money as possible down. Yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say, like, okay, um, but yeah, um, mm-hmm. anyway, so yeah, should we get into what else is nominated? Uh, yeah, yeah, or do we have any other thoughts before? Like, no, I, I'm good. This was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'll... Have you heard that? Okay, what was that? No, I said happy to hear that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, 24 Years of ended up winning the uh, the, the Oscar. Wait, presented by Bre- <laughs> It was presented <laughs> by Bradley Cooper at, at, at um, the 86th Academy Awards. Love and, like, and I, I love... <laughs> and Brad was so professional. He got out there and was like, nonfiction filmmaking is so important. It's like, yes, okay, some class here right mm-hmm. now. Um, classy, classy yes. gentleman. I, I think that was the year that Alan hosted, too. It's, oh, it's like okay, oh, sure. that was fine. I I think so. Um, that was fine, because that was that was the selfie year, right? Where it's like you know, the guy, <laughs> everybody. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the square was up in value. You can chime in with your thoughts on any of the other nominations. Um, the square was nominated. That was the one about like the Egyptian government crisis, and like I, I remember this was very very good. And, I've always um, been aware also, of that movie. Yeah. And I don't know why. Yeah, yeah same. Because um, is that on the streaming service? I mean, I believe it, I I think it's on Crackle or some or something. Uh, it's it's very much available, but um, but yeah, the square was nominated. Dirty Dirty Wars is up this year. Dirty Wars it was something that I was going to see for for this episode, but it's like I, I've seen 
like a few docs about uh, the U.S. military where it's like, okay, I don't, I don't want to like, yeah. do this again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cutie in the box only or God. Green... Yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, only need that grim reality once. I know. Only I, you need know, that grim reality once. Yeah. Some, like, and then, like by default, like last episode, I, I took that grim reality again because it's like mm-hmm. I guess this is the only one available, but. Um, <laughs> The Cutie and the Boxer is up this year, which is the one that I did end up seeing for this episode. It's so sweet and so relaxing. It's a bit... I came away with it similarly when I left um, my Honeyland screening. It's just like, if you want something calming and, and easy, it's about two aging artists in New York City that go and they make their exhibits... Um, with with these interesting artworks where it's like you have um this guy and he goes and he punches a wall with these fists of paint and it's it comes out like called kaleidoscopic and what's it called again and uh, vibrant it's mm. called cutie and the boxer it's really really good um it's not available anywhere but it's it's still like worth a rent um and then it goes into the backstory of their relationship like it's um Dope. it's pretty endearing um and it then we also have the doc that should have won this year. It's the act of killing. I mean, it's it's perfect. It's one of my favorites, maybe ever at this point. I, it was one of the first movies that I ever saw in quarantine. Uh, I just I, I adore the act of killing so much. Um, A movie we'll definitely talk about at some point. <laughs> I love it. I movie. love it. I I would be glad to. Um, I, I will I will soar because it's just it, it's it's truly something I've never seen before. It, it, like it's I've never seen anything like it. Up until this point, um, and I was just blown away. We, of course, I think we'll have to combine actor killing and look of silence. Like it's, um, kind of like forced on us to like it would. It would be crucial to talk about one and not talk about the other. Um, but yeah, that was that was the lineup for twenty thirteen. So I mean, hey, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a rotten one of the bunch. It doesn't seem like yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it either. Um. But it was, it's sort of like the idea that we talked about on our Sugarman episode, where it's everyone votes on the docs at the Oscars, and you go with the one that it sort of like has good word of mouth, and um, and I think this one just happened to have the best, is is my estimation, because um, like the act of killing, I, I wouldn't understand like it, like a do- if a documentarian were to place it higher on their ballot. Um, it would be like okay, well, like the filmmaking is is exceptional, but it goes down uh, pretty harder, uh, pretty much harder than uh, Twenty Feet from Stardom, which is. Mm-hmm. But is the yeah. was any of these streaming studios like streaming services? I don't believe so. Um, so this, so we're okay. We're, we're I think yeah, we're st- I, we're still a little wait, bit was, behind. Was the Square Netflix? I felt like the Square might have been Netflix. Oh, was it? Maybe mm-hmm. I could be lying. I think it's on Netflix. Is oh, okay. maybe what? Okay. But I don't. You could be right though. Well, no. I mean, I think that's true. Um, so we're right before that, like before the streaming services take yeah. over. This, like, yeah. It's like yep. the streaming services and yep. CNN films are, and maybe occasionally ESPN are the only things that. Um, well, even not even ESPN, but like CNN films and a streaming service are the only docs populated in these nominations from now on. Yeah, yep. And I mean, it's it's gonna be a a little bit until 
we get out of the, the streaming service dominance uh, in both nominees and winners. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows when that, yeah. Mm, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Val, do you, do you remember when 20 Feet from Stardom came out or do you, is it just like it was always something that, that you just knew about? And if it, if you were like, oh, I, I liked this one better in, in 2013 or. To be honest, I, I'm not familiar with any of these. Same. I'm sorry to say. And it's, uh, yeah, I just, back then I just watched, I think honestly back then I was still mostly just watching like blockbuster movies that mm. came out and not Same. expansive beyond that at the time. Yeah. I haven't, yeah, mm. I haven't seen like, yeah. like a heavy majority of all the docs even nominated in this decade. Well, I actually yeah. lied. When I was in eighth grade, I saw The Act of Killing in a theater. Did you? See, that could be a thing. That could be a thing, but no, that's yeah, that yeah. I sneak in, you know, like yeah. I'm on top of one of my best friends wearing a trench coat. <laughs> yes, that's mm. actually a story you've told me about before. So. It's like, I, I need to see the Indonesian good. genocide. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Um... Yeah, no, like, I need to, obviously, the act of killing is the one, the most, like, well-regarded one that I have to see, but I I feel like since we're probably almost definitely going to cover that at some point, I might as well wait yeah, until we yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I, I feel that way about a lot of movies. Um, yeah. And that's like IFC, where it's like, who would have imagined IFC getting in here? It's... Yeah, they'll the yeah. IFC has a ceiling of what of awards. It like it'll like, get the last spot, but it'll never win. Yeah, it'll never win yeah. an award. It's like okay, we we get it. Like you position Boyhood pretty well, but it's like what what else are you? They only yeah, they only have to... so much money to. Yeah. Oh wait, was Boyhood <laughs> IFC? Yeah. Oh, I guess oh, they wow. won then because like Ar- Arquette won. Yeah, mm-hmm. Patty Ar- Patty Arquette. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I'm an ass, but like still, I don't know. It's like they don't. I don't think they have enough money to really get many wins because it's just... <laughs> no you're you're totally right especially i see midnight where it's like okay there's nothing that's going to sneak through to like a screenplay but yeah yeah sweet virginia the john bernthal movie wasn't gonna get 20 <laughs> nominations <laughs> a movie i just uh, watched Logan's by the way great great motion picture Chris did Rabbit, logan john give it bernthal. five stars like, i i, I was I close it, it's it, it's a, it's a fun one it's like an hour twenty minutes. You, it's like it has two of my favorite boys, Christopher Abbott and John Bernthal. Like just, I I, I like to refer to him as Crabbit. Crabbit, he's great, and that's, also that's you, Charlie... and also a fun character actor, Jonathan Tucker, one of my favorite character oh, actors. Oh. He's in it for like two seconds, playing a dipshit. <laughs> um, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. That's your recommendation. Yeah, Sweet Virginia. It's not like I had to. I did an AMC Plus free trial, so like I, I like I for like seven day free trial to watch it because I'm like I just need to watch this movie. I don't care what it takes, and I just signed up for AMC Plus, <laughs> which has like IFC films or whatever. And then like canceled it immediately after I watched it. All right, you can take my social oh, yes. security number. All right. Yeah, I, yeah right. <laughs> I feel like I must be the only person who actually signed up for an account just to watch Sweet Virginia. That I must be you the think only someone signed to up to Paramount Plus to, to watch Infinite? Yeah, oh God, Infinite. Oh my God, <laughs> Jesus Christ! A movie we will never cover because it comes okay, it's right you. outside our right window. Short. Thank God. Right, of course, <laughs> but we've covered enough fucking Wahlberg. Gosh, yeah, no more Wahlberg <laughs> for a while at least. Two, two, and you're out. Yeah, two rough um, ones. Yeah, d- yeah, those were 
<laughs> oh, good. <laughs> oh, goodness. That was, that was a rough one. Um, but Donnie, he... he's still on the table. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. Is he in a movie this day? He has to be. Probably. What if he comes back like fucking? I mean, one, the two very different actors, but um, and one's much more talented than the other. But what if he makes a comeback like uh, Stephen Norman? Wait, Donnie's the superior Wahlberg. Yeah, course. obviously, but like, uh, not is it with the guy who was in True Detective season three, Norton, right or not? Um, he was in the Blade movies. I'm again, this is embarrassing. I'm embarrassing myself right now. Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff. Oh. What if he? What if Donnie Wahlberg has like a same like comeback? Like he's just in this prestigious miniseries and yeah, like, like he get, he gets a mayor. Like Donnie Wahlberg, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hell yes, <laughs> that would be great. Also, the answer, uh, Donnie Wahlberg was in a 2010s movie. He was in the Kevin James picture, The Zookeeper. Okay, well we got to keep a zoo. So when are we doing wow. this? Can I put this wow. on the schedule right now? Val, would you like to come back for the zookeeper by any chance? No. I, I mean, I, I, Val, you're great. We love you, but no. No, we're not doing the zookeeper. I'm going to put my foot down on that one. We got to... So the thing about the zookeeper... Um, God. I'm sorry I compared Stephen Dorff to Donnie Wahlberg. That was very insulting to Stephen Dorff. I, I, I want to yeah. just publicly apologize for that. I'm not sure if, like, Don Wahlberg is, like, looking for any new projects because, like, the Blue Bloods money is just, like, raking in, you know what I mean? So it's... Bro, he is Scrooge McDucking that money right now. I just, I know it. I know it. No, like, he's just bathing in it. Yep. Yeah. Um, should we go into, like, favorite... I, I have a favorite scene picked out, which is something sure. we've kind of neglected in these... The, yeah, well, the last series. one. Yeah, um, I, it's hard because docs are. It's hard, but like yeah. I have like a definitive like right, nearly took my breath away. Yeah, go ahead. Would if y'all have are y'all? Uh, I, I need to think this, about. Or... I need to think of one. But okay. so go go ahead with yours. Yeah, go ahead. I I think when um we heard "Give Me Shelter" sung solo with the audio of the stones and Mick Jagger drained out I had Playing heard that before like, it's it's not it's not as if I, I had he, I've heard this is the first time I'm hearing Mick Jagger subtracted from Gimme Shelter but it's like I, I think it's after the contextualization and then like Mick Jagger is introduced and like they, they got Mick Jagger first of all um, like you're, you're conversing with him for a little bit and it's like Oh my god. And it, it, I think everything just kind of like climaxes into um I, I want to get this right cuz again it goes into our criticism of like not really distinguishing them from each other but they really should have. It was um, Mary Clayton. It was Mary Clayton, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I know um, that. I know that. But I I I just thought that was extraordinary um piece of filmmaking cuz it's like the build-up um i think it was just all there um and you could tell they were playing it for them you could tell like you you could tell that they like that's the reason why she was in the studio was that they could just blast it so she could hear it for herself and i mean Mm -hmm. it it was it was almost as if Mick Jagger was like looking at a picture again like like, yeah the way he reacted yeah 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 that was that was it's incredible because you just hear that the, yeah, her boy, her boy. voice breaks is so raw. Yeah. I think that's the and word that was the story. And that was the st- that was the story too, where it's like, 
had the curlers in her hair and like rushing to the like like out like fresh out of bed where it's like it's like the, the perfect music voice. story ah yeah it's like knowing that like i feel like i've mentioned this before i've mentioned it as many times as i can um <laughs> that um oh shit okay now i have fucked it up but that uh dolly parton wrote jolene and what was the whitney houston song um that whitney covered that was shit whatever but she wrote like two of the greatest songs of all time in the same night like oh, just wow. like they, all those like very was it like, proud mary <sighs> Fuck, I, I don't remember the story but i'm just taking a guess was it proud mary no it was the song that whitney houston like used for the bodyguard soundtrack i think that was written oh. by dolly parton um i'm googling it now i will always love you i don't know wait oh. that might have not been on the uh that might have not been on the um bodyguard contract wait whatever. proud mary proud mary's tina turner it's not even Whitney houston that i confused you so that's no. um but like just like crazy like just perfect storybook like music uh yeah you couldn't write it written uh, it better besides like you know just like so picture perfect and like visualized and um like storybook i think that's maybe a way to say it. like a fairy yeah, tale totally mm-hmm. yeah uh i already mentioned the same before but i'll go with um lisa describing background um background scene because it cuts between her like talking about how like it's a feather that she's blowing that is like kind of blowing in the wind and softly landing to her actually singing with sting i think and like those and it's really well edited the movie um it's like mm-hmm. it, like there's a lot of great cuts there's a smash cut from oh fuck i forget what it's to but like it's something to the plane a plane flying overhead a city it's this really inter- it's this really fun cut from like this like musical number i think to like just a just straight to like, like this plane like flying over a, a metropolis of some kind um but like yeah and so but the cut like just her describe like just soulfully describing the you know like background singing and like the melodies involved and just like the visualization of that fat like it's the best visualization of singing that has ever been described to me is like just having a feather like you just like fall down slowly yeah and, you know as it mm-hmm. kind of quietly lands is like your voice is kind of keeping it up or keeping it to like move so gingerly and gracefully it's almost like you're guided by something like you're not even dictating yourself yeah like you're just yeah yeah it's, it's such a beautiful world. way to put it um, yeah. I was also really taken by the editing, um, and I looked, and one of the editors is uh, Kevin Clauber, Clauber, and it's he's going to be editing the uh, Rita Moreno doc that's coming out oh. later this year. Yeah. Okay. The girl who just decided to go for it. Got it. Interesting. That's the subtitle. I'm not like adding that. Onto yeah, I was, I was, uh, at first like, when you Moreno. said that, I'm like, yeah. oh, all right, that's an interesting yeah. description. But I'm like, oh no, that has to be the subtitle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Valerie, what's your favorite? It's part not like of the yeah. my favorite part was honestly it was uh, Mary's first scene of the documentary when she's in her car with the filmmaker and the filmmaker is explaining, "No, you you have to turn off the radio. We can't have the music playing. We oh, or yeah. have to put it in post." And and she's like, "Are you serious?" And it's this just nice, natural like back and forth where yeah. she's just like, "Are you serious?" Yeah, are you I gonna have you're gonna have a diva not play her music? I think is what Mary Clayton says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And I yeah. love how Morgan, like, it's obviously Morgan who's saying that. And I love how he includes that because he looks like such a dork in that. He looks like such a <laughs> yeah. fucking loser and nerd to include that. Like, can yeah. you turn off the radio, please? I need to have it in the show. Like, you know, we're going to play it over you in editing. And she's like, you, you serious, bro? Like, really? But like, you know who the fuck you're in the car with right now? It's so, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, no, he, that's great. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. I liked it. Yeah. Very good movie. Very fun. Yes, yes. But it's not the act of killing. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I can't say I haven't seen the act of killing. I haven't, yeah, I I haven't say been, either. I haven't witnessed the actual act of murder, so. Um, I can't. I'm just, can't I'm say. just saying like, it's, it's a little bit like, I like this, but when you look at yeah, it, it, this, and that's what yeah. we talked about last yeah. episode, which is like the, no fair. It's no fair though. Like, but I, it's I think the this curse is very, very of good. an Oscar winner. Yeah. It's yeah. the curse. Yeah, again, sure. yeah. I don't mean to repeat ourselves. But no, yes. but it's it's Shakespeare, it's, yeah. Shakespeare, mm-hmm. it's Shakespeare in love. It's like I mean, I can name actually like bad movies, but like just movies in general <laughs> where you're like, oh, that one, but there was something so much better. Like, even if it's like something yeah. like mm-hmm. good or like okay, it's like really yeah, for sure. It's yeah. the curse. It's the curse of winning that award. Mm-hmm. It's like the curse of being a lead singer versus a backup singer. Ah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. We all want to win, but even if we yeah. do win, it's maybe it's not what it's cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's For that's sure. a good note to uh, close us out. I think so yeah. too. Say so. Yeah. Valerie, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. This Valerie, was a pleasure. Yeah, this was terrific. Please come this again. Is so fun. Come cool. back anytime. The doors will always want. be open for you. Yeah. Uh, we're never closing what, the doors. Sure. We're never locking the gates like Mark Marin. Yes, we are locking the <laughs> gates like Mark Marin. Yeah. Uh, and our yes. exiters love it too. Uh, okay. <laughs> Valerie, where can I everyone like find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd and all the places at Stealing Valerie. And um, also, uh, for in the last month or. Yeah, it's still June. Uh, last month, uh, I was on my friend's uh, podcast, We Need to Talk About Kevin, which is usually a Kevin Smith podcast. But And I was <laughs> a, a recurring guest on that show. But for the month of May, uh, me and one of the co-hosts, Trevor, changed up the format. We did a month, something completely different from Kevin Smith. We did a month full of... Walter Matthau movies, and it's called Matthau May. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Matthau May. Was yeah. Matthau ever, did, did Matthau ever work with Kevin Smith? You know, oh. was he like a bit part in Mallrats or something? It's... He might have Unfortunately spit not. on Kevin Smith at one point, but I doubt he was in a movie. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Did you look? Did you look at the script? Like I could, I could see like Matthau was maybe the George Carlin part in. Uh, Jim Silent Pop. Maybe he wiped his ass with it too. Like he just saw Kevin Smith and he was like, fuck off, loser. And just like, yeah. God. That's funny. Or Dogma. That's the one Carlin's in, right? I don't know. I have never seen a Kevin Smith film. And I don't know if that's ever. Oh, you're so lucky. Yeah. Don't know if I'm going to like be like, I got to watch one now. The thing is, I quite quite like Chasing Amy. I I, I think that one's aged kind of well. I haven't seen it. I don't know. Yeah. Do you do you like that one, or is or is that like I haven't seen not it in like so personally. many? Is it what? It's, it's uh, not a fan personally. It's one of those where like uh, it's like LGBT politics are very nineties. I'll just say that. Like, I think it's I, like, I think it's like well meaning up, is but... is the thing. Like, I, I don't I don't know. Like, I haven't seen it in, in years. There was the, mm-hmm. when film struck was around. They had Whoa. like a like a direction. I know I. 
I know. Like I just pulled up fossil from the ground. They had a mm-hmm. like I had directed by Kevin Smith. Um, a whole lineup. It was that clerks, um, chasing Amy girl, uh, Jersey girl. And I was like, Oh, who is this? And that's why the service <laughs> failed. Yeah. yeah and like, yeah. I would that's love why it to went see this. It's, added, it's I, Kevin Smith section. I would love to see who this man is in shorts and a big Jersey. Wow. It's a yeah, Jersey. Hockey um, Jersey. But but yeah, so we. That's, did I'm rebranding episodes. that as my look: jorts Don't. and hockey I'll, jersey. I'll fly over to Boston, oh, yes. and smack the shit out of you. Don't do that. I love you too much. <laughs> Not gonna let that you do that to yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, you mentioned they were smoking a big thing of weed. Yeah, right? I know, but I'm, yeah, I, even I'm like, not high enough. You got a blunt, to think that's and a good so idea. I mean, like, yeah. like, it, like one of the main. Uh, Oh, are you telling me Kevin Smith smokes to... the drug known as marijuana? Is that what you're telling me? That's yeah. what I was. That's what I was alluding to. I didn't know that. Not until the age of 38, but he did. I would. Is that true? I would adore. Yes. Wow. Uh, that's that's I had no idea. Was 38. Yeah. <laughs> I would and... adore if if anyone ever chose um, Kevin Smith 2010s. <laughs> a Tusk would be a wild, wild like yeah. a fucking Tusk. That would be yeah, actually someone pick Tusk. I'm, I'm, I would be um, excuse me. Are, have you ever been uh, cop out before? Oh God! Oh man! Maybe if Trey cop out 2010. The only person who could cho- choose that movie and come on our podcast is Tracy Morgan and no one else. Oh. <laughs> that was the only person. Oh, my gosh. You, yeah, you're not allowed to choose that movie unless you're Tracy Morgan. Oh, man. Nice. Jesus. Uh, okay. Yes, but. Wait, I'm sorry. But so, no, it's all good. Uh, love to talk about the Kev. Um, but so, um, yeah, Matt May, we did six episodes, three of which are public. We did the public ones are taking a film one, two, three. We did yes. uh, Hello Dolly. We did, and we did the original Bad News Bears. All yes. very fun apps. Very fun apps. Yes. Um, I, I mean, I, I must point out the uh exclusion of a new leaf i, I think that is just oh we we did do a new leaf as a prequel episode in april interesting interesting yes i love it Be, the thing was was actually like i was on talking about this just other dog shit jason muse movie like a, a month before that and i now that's a person who I smoked just, weed when he was five that's a person who started yes. smoking weed when he was five years old Yes. I was I was yes. talking about a dog shit Ethan Muse movie. It just made my day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but one of his few starring vehicles. Oh my god. Imagine that being one of few. Um but um <laughs> so he I basically just wanted to stop talking about the movie, so I was just like, uh, I just I just rewatched this Walter Matthau movie A New Leaf and that was fun and we just talked about that for five minutes and then we were just like and Ben Trevor just texted me later and was just like, let's do a April Fool's episode where you just talk about New Leaf. Because I don't <laughs> want to talk about Kevin anymore for That's a bit. Perfect. Oh That's my a gosh. great yeah. cleanser. Everybody, Kevin Smith. go go listen mm-hmm. to We Need to Talk About Kevin. And then right after that, go listen to our episode on the Lynn Ramsey movie. We, we Need, need to, to Talk About Kevin. Kevin. Okay. Uh, yes. But I can be found on Twitter at Jack A. Draper. I am on Letterboxd, Jack Draper7. Um, my writing on film can be found at, on Letterboxd as well as uh, my own personal medium and uh, Simple Cineflix Daily. Uh, 
we can't really say this is streaming anywhere, unfortunately, but that's not going to be the case for much longer. Um, I went, I went to my local library, like I have for the past few episodes. Um, where'd you guys go? Out of curiosity. Good old Vudu or Amazon or iTunes. Those are the Google three Play places I rent also. shit from. Yeah. I, I, I rented on the YouTube. The YouTube. All yes. right. So yeah. you're diversifying the profile. Variety. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, All right. I see you. Actually, I, you. I also found out that this was available on a on this website called Documentary Mania, which mm. seems like kind of oh. interesting that there's there's yeah a there's these like like there's these docs. few like streaming services that pop up like you exist and it's like this very niche thing. There's like something called <laughs> Haya, like H I dash Y A H, and it's exclusively like martial arts, Eastern like <laughs> Eastern films. Wow. Oh, nice. Um, and it's like, but it's not like a huge, uh, like a huge amount and it's like $3 a month. Um, and it has like, it has yeah. some like Donnie Yen, Johnny Toe stuff. Um, it's, mm-hmm. I subscribed to it to like watch drug war and then I unsubscribed from the Johnny Toe movie. <laughs> you did the AMC plus. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I tried to watch more stuff from it. I'm just like, this is like, I don't know yeah. half of the things here. Um, um, yeah. I think we should go ahead and mention that a very chill and, uh, Pretty pretty easy going doc called Citizen Four is coming up next week. Oh, that's <laughs> um, Bilga Abiri is going to be here with us, which is Love just him. a huge honor. I we can't believe he said yes to us once again, but um, nevertheless, super super pumped for that. Um, My favorite Brooklyn Nets fan. My favorite one. <laughs> now we're getting to the docs that I have seen and can like contextualize. Um, excited for that as well. Um, Yes. I believe that's on Prime, so I, I guess. Which is yeah, kind of well, interesting. yeah. That's yeah. like you said. Now it's back. At, now it's just pure streaming, baby. All streaming. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and the movie Snowden is, I think, on Netflix still. So. Oh <laughs> god. Should I watch? We're all talk about this later. God. All right. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Oliver Stone. No. Um. <laughs> uh, everyone fo- can follow me. That's right. Because at... right after the series, we're going to be doing Wall-, Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. Big big announcement. Right. <sighs> Fuck right. you. So. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm flipping <laughs> off right now. Wall Street Never <laughs> Sleeps. Jesus. Oh God. Wait, we got to put it to bed. Is the thing. No. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, my, oh God. <laughs> All right. All right. Let me on this. Let me put me on my on misery. Um. Everyone can follow me. At, at birds of clay on twitter and on letterbox you can follow me on instagram at mr clay williams you can follow the podcast twitter account at ett pod you can follow the podcast instagram account at exiting 2010s you can send us an email at exiting through 2010s at gmail.com all spelled out you can leave us a voicemail on anchor please remember to rate review subscribe give us a five star review on any podcast platform you're listening us on to um yeah thank you all so much for listening uh please stay safe be good to yourself. Get vaccinated. Come on, just do it. Um, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. As, and as always, trans rights are human rights. Stop Asian hate. Free Palestine. Black Lives Matter. And we'll catch you all next time on Exiting Through the 2010. <laughs>